Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Now In this hour, Dave Manson coming up. He is the new assistant coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Once Brennan Ulrich negotiates contact with him. Negotiate contact! Those of you old school guys will remember who that was. The Savardian Spinorama as well. Uh, the second hour of orders now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex has our office and supply uh, printer needs covered. They do it all. It could be doing it for you. In this hour, former Oiler, Bakersfield Condors assistant coach Dave Manson. We will hear an update involving the New York Islanders with Arthur Staple, who writes now for The Athletic. And speaking of The Athletic, some uh, thoughts on the Montreal Canadiens with Marco Tant-Godin. Uh, Marc-Antoine Godin from the Athletic out of Montreal as well. Some guests on our show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree has blood, sweat, and tears featuring uh, Bo Bice, June 29th. They've also got Nazareth, August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can email us at winnersnow at 630chat.com. You can text us. At 6.30, 6.30 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We are on Twitter as well, at Withers Now. All right. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Dudley has texted us on our Westlock Ford text line. Hey, Bob, if Vegas pulls off the upset and wins the Cup, what happens to salary negotiations for star players over the next few years? Will we see a shift in more dollars going to blue-collar guys who give more bang for the buck? And how are the orders fair in a league with that kind of mindset? Cheers from Dudley. Dudley, your point is fair, uh, but what I would say is some would suggest the orders have bucked up for blue-collar players. Chris Russell got himself a four-year deal at $4 million per I would say he's a blue-collar defenseman. That is a fair salary for him. If anything, I think what what could happen in time is uh, you'll see, you know, 
four forwards and a couple defensemen make big money. And then you'll capitalize on the young, cheap labor of players coming in on an entry-level contract. And maybe some organizations will spend a little less on said blue-collar players. Clint says, Bob, don't trade Clefbaum. Well, if you recall, Clint, I put a tweet out at the end of the regular season talking about the fact that Clef Blum was a well-respected teammate with a really good contract. So you'd have to get something impactful, theoretically, coming back. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Bob, so Nova, Mark out of Bonneville, Alberta, says, See, Bob, nobody agrees with you uh, with the Caps putting their top line out in a 5-2 game. That's why you are just a stats guy. Just a stats guy, he says, and nothing else you say matters. That one comes to us from Mark. Mark, whatever floats your bro, bro, do what you got to do, man. If that makes you feel good, have at her. Paul says, Bob, is there any chance Patrick Maroon comes back? Hmm. Um, I'll never say never. I mean, who would have thought in 2004 when Mike Comrie was traded out of Edmonton that he'd be back five years later at the start of the 2009 season? There could theoretically be one scenario. What what can't you have? I don't think you can have the way the NHL is trending these days. Both Milan Lucic and Patrick Maroon. So what would the scenario be? If you had Maroon coming back. Brendan, don't play the role of a mime. You can jump Well, in I here. think that's pretty obvious, Bob. Lucic would likely need to go. Somehow you trade him. Who had the better reputation throughout the majority of his career being a far more consistent player? Well, Lucic. Okay. What do you think Maroon's going to get? Because I have my theory on what Maroon's going to get. Okay? It's hard to say. I, I have a comparable. Okay? You want to hear it? Yeah. Zach Smith. Four years, $3.25 million. Zach Smith is represented by Elaine Waugh. Uh, Chris Russell, represented by Elaine Waugh. Keegan Lowe, represented by Elaine Waugh. Uh, Mark Latestu, represented by Elaine Waugh. Zach Smith, two, 3.25 times four. I think that's what Maroon's going to get. I, I think because of the inconsistency that has been evident during the course of Maroon's career, my guess is that'll be the price point. Now, maybe some team does go four times for him. But in Edmonton's case, I don't think that's a guy you go grab when you already have Milan Lucic. Not to mention you're paying Cassian $2 million in your uh, in the last year he played fourth-line minutes. So maybe he plays third-line minutes this year. I'd s- he's a bottom six forward because he hasn't been consistent enough offensively. So, Bob, I'd rather see Matt Hendricks come back. Uh, Matt Hendricks, terrific guy. I, Matt Hendricks might find it, you know, at this stage, maybe it's one more year, $700,000. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now. We've literally got uh, hundreds of texts to come in. Out of Red Deer, what about Milan Lucic for Ryan O'Reilly? Well, I like Ryan O'Reilly a lot. Um, Milan Lucic, five more years at $6 bucks. What's O'Reilly? He's got to have at least five more years at $7.5 million. Ryan O'Reilly is a hell of a player. Brendan, the package has arrived on line number one, so make that happen for us. Uh, don't, uh, 
I think Edmonton would have to sweeten that to get Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly is a pretty useful player that can uh, play in a lot of different roles. He's a fantastic second-line center. All right. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. As you know, each week on the show, uh, we'll be talking, in fact, we're going to have Jay Woodcroft uh, later this week um, to do an extensive look at his coaching staff and the prospects uh, down in Bakersfield because it's significant changes. Again, uh, feedback from lots of people around the WHL over the last few days on the Oilers hiring of Dave Manson and uh, to work with Jay down in Bakersfield. So on that note, pleased to be joined by a legendary NHL defenseman, a hard-nosed player, Dave Manson. Dave, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you? Pretty good, Bob. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell me, was this a difficult decision? You've spent all those years up in Prince Albert working with the Raiders. You played junior hockey there. You know the uh, community well. Was this a tough call on your part? Yeah, anytime you decide to leave an organization that you've uh, you know, put 12 years of, of your career into, um, you know, it, it was very tough. And then on top of it, you know, it's my hometown and, you know, it's where I started playing. And uh, then I got my teeth as a coach. So, yeah, it was tough, but uh, we felt with our family situation that it was maybe the right time to give, give this a go. Um, I'm a firm believer in the importance of former defensemen coaching defensemen. I'd like to get your thoughts on that in terms of your own personal experience working your way up through the system from the days when you played for Terry Simpson in Prince Albert as a major junior player. I think I think it's important because uh, you know if you play the position now you're moving on to coach and it, I think it just helps in the translation everything's pretty transparent as far as what you're telling the kids so I mean when I grew up I had Rick Wilson as my junior coach who was a huge help and he went on to coach many years in the NHL and then you know my years in Chicago uh, we had men that were coaches and every all the teams through. So I think it just helps in the fact that what you're saying, there's some believability to it because you've done it and uh, you're not asking them anything uh, to do that you wouldn't have done yourself. Uh, you're a guy that, uh, you know, you, you had a... a ter- ter- we, we should maybe explain to our listeners as well. You got punched in the uh, throat by Sergio Mameso. And, uh, and and I, I and I'm serious about this. Knowing the attention span of younger players, it forces the kids because of your low raspy voice. They got to get closer to you and pay attention when you're talking. I know it's you know it, it, you've dealt with this now for the better part of 25 years, but does it create a different dynamic in terms? Because communication today, Dave, has never been more important in the game, has it? Oh, it's it's it is paramount. Uh, if you're gonna. You have to build uh, relationships with your players, and and my voice, I it's a hindrance. Uh, maybe when the crowd's loud, not, but I'm I'm not much of a screamer, so it is. It's a lot. It forces it. It's it's a lot more engaging. I guess when I can get uh, closer, the player, like you say, has to be uh, strict attention to what I'm saying because uh, you know I love my voice. And I think in some some aspects it helps, but in some some points it's maybe a hindrance but if I have to drive a point home or there's a point that needs to be made then there's different ways of doing that 
We're joined by Dave Manson, who's going to uh, be an assistant coach in Bakersfield and Jay Woodcroft's staff. He's one of the top uh, 15 penalty minute players of all time. Uh, we we played the video of you uh, doing a number on Scott Stevens in that, uh, what was that, the St. Patty's Day Massacre back in the late ni- 1980s. Uh, you're, you're chuckling. What I, what I remember, because I'm roughly, I, I played against uh, Manny Viveros uh, growing up, and he always had the puck, and his teams used to just destroy us. They used to drill us, and the Maple Leafs had uh, Pacin and uh, Ray Podlowski. Ray passed away this week, or last week, and actually they're doing yeah. service today, but uh, you had Pacin on your team. You had uh, Manny. Manny's now up with the Oilers. You guys had a, uh, Danny Hodson. Uh, you guys had some incredible players on that Prince Albert team that won the Memorial Cup back in 1985, didn't you? Yeah, I thought we... I thought it was a a really good team. I mean, we lost 11 games all year, and uh, throughout the playoffs, we lost a total of three games. So, you know, I, it was a team that, uh, with Danny Hodgson, put up the points, um, like he, he, he did. He was the most valuable player in the CHL. And we had, you know, Pazine, Grenier on the first line, followed up by Morrison, McPhee, you know, those types of players. And the the best line that we had that probably went uh, unnoticed was our third line. Colin Fraser, Dean Bram, and Brad Bennett. They were a third line that could, uh, could go out there and score and bang. And, and if you wanted to get physical, then of course we had the team that could deal with that too. So any way the game wanted, you wanted to play it, uh, we, we could go with you. Uh, we're joined right now by former winner defenseman, now the assistant coach of the Bakersfield Condors, Dave Manson. He played over 1,100 games in the NHL for seven different franchises, uh, including uh, parts of three seasons in Edmonton. What I remember was the 91-92 playoffs, and that was the year of the pipeline with Bernie Nichols and Joe Murphy and Vincent Domfus, and you guys upset uh, you upset Vancouver. That was that that to me was a, you know Vancouver was a pretty good team. I remember how upset Patty Quinn was at the end, and then Chicago ultimately took you guys out in the uh, I think it was Chicago in '92. Yeah, Chicago. Final four, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they took it to you pretty good. But what do you remember about your time playing in Edmonton, Dave? Well, you know what, that was it was a real good time. Well, we we went there and. You know, in '90, and we were just, we were just young. So we, and the Oilers team was a young team. We had a real close knit group through our veteran leadership of, you know, Greg McTavish and Kevin Lowe. Uh, so we, we just played hard, and we held it. We held ourselves and our teammates accountable, and we had, you know, a good year. Like you said, we upset Vancouver, who was expected to make a deep run that year. Then we came up against LA. And you know we were able to take them, and then unfortunately Chicago. We kind of I don't know if they had a good team and they were playing well at the time too, but uh, you know we just couldn't seem to find our team, and then they were able to take us out. But you know throughout that that whole year we just had a a real good group that that played hard for one another. Dave Manson joining us. Dave was part of Mark Hapscheid's coaching staff, another former Oiler with the Prince Albert Raiders this year. You guys lost in, I think, seven, right, to Moose Jaw against Tim Hunter. I, I want to ask you about a couple different kids on the team. Cale Fonstead is up for the draft. He had uh, 73 points in 72 games. He's a five foot ten uh, center, a little bit light right now, but certainly progressed a lot this year. Just your thoughts on Fonstead. Well, Cole was a, you know, he's a first-round pick for us. And uh, he's very has a very high hockey IQ, um, and he's very skilled offensively. And what he did this year was he worked real hard on the defensive side of the game. But 
on every team and, and be just about a point a game player. I mean, that's definitely a feather, feather in your cap. And, you know, I don't know what uh, the NHL draft is going to bring for him, but I know he should be a high pick. Uh, so I anticipate good things from him. And I know we're counting on him back with the Raiders this year to be a 90 to 100 point guy. And uh, I don't think that's that's unattainable for Cole at all. Uh, you had Brett Lee. You picked up Brett Leeson in a deal. Bob Torrey had him in Tri City. Uh, I'm going to date myself a bit. Brett's dad, Daryl Leeson, is the best Canadian quarterback yeah. I have ever seen. He could he could have played on the Eskimos in 1995, coming out of the Regina Rams. Ended up going down to the University of Calgary. Finished up the University of Regina, but the the Eskimos were going to bring him along on sort of a unique junior development uh, slot. Did you expect Brett Leeson to bring the offense that he he gave your team once he came over in that deal from Tri Cities? No, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, both Abby and I were pleasantly surprised, and and to Abby's credit, he kept he kept blowing him up the uh, the lineup, and Lease uh, just kept playing, kept putting up some numbers. And in fact, when he got hurt, I was in Utah's for a because he was just starting to to really come and be a force night in and night out. But we knew we knew of his of his dad after the fact that we got him. So we knew there's a bunch of athleticism in his family. And he showed that. He's a big kid that that I really like. Um, you know, he gets up and down the ice. He makes plays when you don't expect it. And he can shoot the puck. And he's, he's pretty good on the offensive side of the puck as far as his intelligence. So he was a welcomed addition. And like I said, a pleasant surprise for us. You guys play mostly at center or right wing? We play on the right wing. Okay, because he is six foot four and one hundred ninety five pounds. He's yeah, he's nineteen year old. If he was to be drafted this year, and just a final question on a guy coming to Edmonton, Curtis Miskey is going to go play uh, with a guy. I'm just thinking whether or not Ian Herbert's and you would have crossed paths uh, with the Oilers when Ian uh, came up uh, in ninety three ninety four. But uh, Curtis Miskey is committed to the University of Alberta. He had a pretty good playoff run for you guys as well. Oh, Miss got a great year for us. He was our captain, and uh, he's mature beyond his years, and he was really good for our group. Uh, I can't say enough about him and his leadership this year for us. But yeah, and that just showed he, you know, he he was there in the playoffs when we needed him, and uh, he went down to the East Coast, got a little taste of pro, and he's going to come back and play for Herbie at the U of A. And he's, I know he's going to do well there. Herbie's going to he's the type of kid that's uh, very intelligent. You know, you on a coaching level, you can talk to him, and he goes out the next uh, shift and he applies what you just told him. So very coachable and very, very good leader for us this year. Dave, just to to wrap up, um, I mean, your son, it's it's kind of a an unbelievable story in a certain regard. I mean, I you know, a, a guy uh, out of Northeastern uh, who has. Uh, Dave Manson is joining us. He's the new assistant coach down with the Bakersfield Condors, and you've got quite an athletic family. All of your kids, yeah, I think you got a, uh, a daughter as well as playing over at the University of Saskatchewan, but Josh Manson was a six-round pick, and he's turned out to be a hell of a defenseman. Did you think he was going to be, because he's a bit of a late bloomer, and he didn't go that WHL route. He went the college route at one time, a teammate of Matt Benning's at Northeastern. Yeah, you know, we, well, growing up in Pee you know, everybody's going to play for the Raiders, and Josh at that time, you know, wasn't help enough to play at the WHL. Like I said, it's a very good league. And 
having coached there, kind of had an idea of what type of player that you need to be. And uh, Josh wasn't ready for that. So fortunately enough for us and for Josh is that Ryan Furster uh, scouted him out of Midget AAA and he ended up in Salmonar. And then the first year he was Josh was a forward. And, uh, you know, he had an up and down year. You know, the consistency wasn't there. Next year they ran some injuries on the back end. They moved Josh back for some reason, which, you know, worked out to be a blessing. And he just kind of took off from there. And like you said, he was drafted in the sixth round. Ended up going to Northeastern and, and just started to develop and mature. And uh, he left school early to go to Norfolk. And, you know, he developed under uh, Trent Johnny's watch. And uh, it is what he is today. He's making his way in the NHL. Dave, I'll just leave you with this. Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people in the WHL on a, on a daily basis, and uh, some of them have been critical of some of the moves the Oilers have made in the past, but they've been universal in the hiring of Trent uh, for the Oilers at the NHL level and the hiring of you at the AHL level. So uh, a lot of the people that you worked with, uh, many of these guys are general managers, had the utmost respect for the work you did in PA, and uh, I, I think that uh, folks that are fans of the Edmonton Oilers are, are, are hoping that uh, you know it's continued success moving forward with some of the Oilers' prospects. So uh, thank you for your time, Dave. Thank you very much for having me, Bob. Pleasure. You bet. That is Dave Manson, one of the toughest guys that ever played in the NHL. Again, uh, punched in the throat by Sergio Amesso, uh, who was a big, strong uh, SOB, uh, though he did swing a stick one time at Joey Kosher. Mind you, that was Joey Kosher. Uh, maybe you needed a stick in your hand. But uh, anyhow, uh, Dave had an incredible NHL career, 1,100 games. And he was hard-nosed, really good offensively, first two-thirds of his career, and then uh, was more of a defensive defenseman late in his career. We are late into the break. It's 127 in Edmonton. All right, we'll get updates involving a bunch of former Oilers on the New York Islanders coaching staff with Arthur Staple. He's the plugged-in guy from the Athletic uh, out of New York. He's long been the uh, the definitive voice in all things media-related with the New York Islanders. And then we'll talk to Marc-Antoine Godin in uh, the Athletic from Montreal to get his thoughts on what the Canadians are going to do at three. Is Jesperi Kotkaniemi going to be their guy? Kyle Morris up next on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.